Well, last week we started a, a, a new series, a three-week series called Home Sweet Home. And we discussed how important it is in life to build memorials in life so we can remember what God has done previously in our lives. And there was a guy called Joshua who did that. Well, we're continuing on today, and we're going to continue in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Joshua chapter 6, that's where we're going to be looking at uh, today, Joshua chapter 6 in our series called Home Sweet Home. Well, today the title uh, of our message is Home Sweet Home Brick Walls. You know, sometimes in life, life isn't always as it should be. Sometimes renovations are needed in life in order to to change the design of our lives. This time last year, I feel like every summer, I've got some renovation project going on in my life. Because last year, we moved, my wife and myself moved into a new home um, in Bel Air, and we wanted to move into a move-in ready home because we didn't want to do any work whatsoever. And we decided that that's what we wanted to do. We ended up getting into a home where maybe renovations needed to be done. I don't know how that one worked out, but one of the major things that we did, we walked into this home and it was built in 1985. And in 1985, the, 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 the fashion of the time was every single room is like its own room. There's no like open concept to houses. Well, we like open concept to houses. So what we did, we had our kitchen, which was just like awful. And so we had to totally gut it. And then we had our dining room and it just looked weird how they were like these two little rooms. So what we did, there was this wall and we just knocked out this wall and, uh, and, and then made it more open. And it was only this little wall that we knocked out. But the whole dynamics of the whole house changed by knocking out this little tiny wall. What we didn't know at the time was this wall was actually a structural wall, so we had to do a little bit more stuff to it. Uh, Luckily, our house is not falling down. And uh, Cody uh, put our header in for us. And if that ever falls down, I'm coming after Cody and going to sue his butt. I'm not, I'm only kidding. I'm not really. But, um, but the whole dynamics of this, of this house changed because this one wall came down. And sometimes we have to remove walls in our lives in order to live on the path that God wants us to live in. Sometimes we're in life and we've got walls in our ways and we just can't live life as we should or live life as we want to live life. And sometimes walls need to come down in our lives in order to live on that path that God has planned for us. Now, when I was growing up, there was uh, one of my friends, I say friend because he hung out with us, but he was like one of those guys where it's just like you didn't leave him on his own with like a baby or anything like that because he would drop the baby. His name was Richard Ulmer. Richard Ulmer was the original ADD guy. I mean, this was before we had medication for ADD. He was Mr. ADD. He could not stay still for two minutes. Every service at church, he would get into trouble because he would be talking. If ever I sat next to him in church, my dad would like stop his preaching and he'd be like, boys, shut up at the back. I'm serious, he did. And uh, and it was always Richard Olmer's fault, always. And he would always break something. If there was glass 
and there was a ball, the ball always found the glass. And what we would do every Sunday night after church, we would go down into the basement and we would have a game of soccer. And it was a real controversial subject back in the, in the 80s and 90s. And the board got together to decide whether we, they would allow us to play soccer in the house of the Lord. And in the end, they were like, well, yeah, they can play soccer. I don't know why they had a board meeting about that. But anyway, but he would break a light every single week. And there would always be one little kid who would run upstairs crying to his mom because he got hurt. And whose fault was it? It was Richard Olmer's fault. And now, Richard, he was a big guy. And uh, he's like six foot five now. He's this big bodybuilder. And, uh, and, and one day I was around his house and he decided, hey, let's play this game. I've got this great game. We can play. I'm like, what's the game called? He, got, he says, the game's called Dogger. And I'm like, Dogger, what kind of name is that for, for, for a game? He's like, no, no, this is the coolest game ever. And uh, we were middle schoolers at the time, and middle schoolers do like crazy, stupid things. And so he says, this is what the game is, is what we got to do. I'm going to lie on my back with my legs up in the air. You're going to sit on my feet, and I'm going to push my legs, and, I'm gonna, and we're going to see how far we can fly. And when you're flying in the air, you got to say the words Dogger. And the person who says Dogger the longest is the person who wins the game. So so, so I go first, and I fly, and it's like, you know, my heart skips a beat, and I'm like, Daga. and uh, so I was a middle schooler, and, uh, and, and then he comes, and he's like this big guy, I weighed like less than 100 pounds, like he sits on my legs, and I'm like, oh, I could hardly push him at all, well, we play this game a few times, and, and we're, we're getting a little bit more brave every single time, and so we're, we're, we're getting, you know, more flight, and, uh, and, and, and we're flying a little bit more, and Dogger is like extended out a bit more. Well, we weren't thinking, but we should have played this game outdoors instead of indoors. So there was one time, uh, remember, he was a big guy. I weighed like 90 pounds at the time. And I sat on his, on his feet and he pushed. And it was just like I was flying through the air. I mean, you're talking Michael Jordan Space Jam. Dogger lasted for about five minutes. It was like, Dogger. And then suddenly, smack, my head went right against a brick wall. And I was like a fly, and I just fell right down. And I couldn't get up, and I was like concussed. But we were middle schoolers, so we didn't bother going to the ER or anything like that. And that explains a lot, I'm sure, right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I was dizzy for about 10 minutes. But you know what that taught me? It taught me that sometimes in life, you can be flying right along. Everything can be going great. You feel that you are making progress, and then suddenly, bam, you hit a brick wall in life, and life just stops right at that moment. I've discovered, and this is from personal experience, the only thing that happens when you try to go through a brick wall is you get hurt. You get hurt. There are better ways to bring down a brick wall than trying to go straight through them. And maybe you have a brick wall in your life right now. Maybe it's a brick wall that is stopping you from moving forward. Maybe it's a brick wall of a former relationship that you just can't get past. Maybe it's a brick wall of something from your past. Maybe it's a brick wall of something that you're addicted to in this life. 
Maybe it's a brick wall of your health that is just stopping you moving forward. Maybe you've hit a brick wall in your work or your career. Or maybe you've hit a brick wall in your marriage and there's some issues that you just cannot get past in your marriage. Maybe for your parents, it just feels like, like bringing up your kids is like banging your head against a brick wall time and time again. And there may be some of you this week who you're going to go back to school or over the next month you're going to go back to college and, and, and you're going to hit brick walls in this semester and you're not going to know what to do. One word of advice, don't try to go through it because you'll get hurt. There are other ways to bring down a brick wall. So there's this guy called Joshua. Joshua is the leader of the Israelite nation. And soon after he became the leader, Joshua hit a brick wall. He had watched how God had performed the impossible. And last week we discussed how God had stopped a river, a flooded river from flowing. And, they were, and the, this nation were able to cross this flooded river on dry ground. And that they built up these memorials because God had been so faithful. They'd watched how God would do incredible things. And Joshua had set up this memorial so that we would never forget how God was faithful. But yet in the space of a few days, Joshua probably found himself back at that memorial. Trying to remember that the God of yesterday who was so faithful is still a God of today who is still faithful. You know, Israel had just arrived in their new home. It had been a dream that they had had for, for, for years upon years. And, and now the dream had been fulfilled. God had kept his promise. They were in a land that God had promised these people. But they soon discovered just because something is in the promise of God, it doesn't mean that everything is always plain sailing. And for those of you, you're living maybe in the promises of God. You're doing the things that God wants you to do. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be hunky-dory and everything is plain sailing. It means that there are times in life when brick walls are going to come your way. Now, the gateway to this new home for Joshua and the Israelites was the greatest city of a land called Canaan. This nation this uh, called Canaan, there was a city in there, and it was called the city of Jericho. If they controlled Jericho, they had open access to the land of Canaan. If they lost Jericho, their dream would die very quickly. One problem about Jericho, Jericho was this huge city that was surrounded by brick walls. Now, these weren't just the brick walls that you see on HPT on like Renault 101, and these guys come in with sledgehammers and hit the brick wall, and the brick wall comes down. It wasn't that kind of brick wall. This was the kind of brick wall that was too high to climb over, and so wide that chariots and horses could run around on the top of this brick wall. This was a pretty big brick wall. And this is what Joshua discovered that day when he encountered a city called Jericho. Joshua discovered that in life, you are going to experience closed doors. In life, you will experience closed doors. Let me show you what I mean. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of, of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in 
and no one was allowed to go out. They got to Jericho, and suddenly the doors, the gates to Jericho were shut tight. Shut tight. And there will come a point in your life when doors will close in your life. But it's part of life. It's part of life. Doors that you thought that you were supposed to walk through will slam shut in your face. Doors that you think are in the plans of God will slam shut in your face. And Joshua discovered this at a city called Jericho. They were slammed shut the doors and there was no way for Joshua to open them. But Joshua discovered something else. Whatever doors seem to be closing in your life, Joshua reminds us of what we must do. See, Joshua came up to these closed doors, and he didn't think, well, they're closed. I'm going to go. Let's try another city. Let's go somewhere else. No, this is what happened. Joshua was reminded of something that God had told him. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2, it says this. But the Lord said to Joshua, God said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, And all its strong warriors. God said to Joshua, I, God, have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho. Even though what you see at the moment is closed doors, I have given you Jericho. I think what Joshua discovered that day, yeah, he experienced that there is closed doors in life. But I think he's experienced something so much more profound than the fact that there are closed doors in life. I think Joshua discovered that day that life isn't about what you see. Life is about what you hear and what you know. Life isn't about what you see. Life is about what you hear and what you know. Joshua didn't let the sight of a closed door, a giant brick wall, stop him. He realized that God had said that he would open those doors. So Joshua trusted in God. You know, one thing I've always said at Generation Church, it's so important to stay close with God. It's important to pray and read your Bible, not just so you can be some religious freak. But when you stay close to God, you hear God. You hear God. When you talk to God, God talks back and the truth comes from his lips. And Joshua discovered that that day. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, it says this. It says, for we live by believing, not by seeing. We live by believing, not by seeing. I think that should be the motto for all our lives. Because so often we come up in life and we have closed doors, brick walls right in front of us. And that is all we see is the brick wall. But Paul in 2 Corinthians tells us, we do not live by what we see, we live by what we believe. And that was Joshua. Joshua did not live by what he saw, he lived by what God had told him and he believed God would say and that God would give him Jericho. So Joshua experienced closed doors. But Joshua also discovered that in life, you will experience silence. You will experience silence. 
Let me tell you what, what I mean in Joshua chapter 6, verse 8. God had told Joshua all the things that they must do in order to come against this city called Jericho, to bring down these brick walls in their lives. It says this in verse 8, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. The ark of the Lord's covenant, which was this big ark that they built, symbolized God's presence. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests and they were continually blowing the horns. And Joshua said this, do not shout or even talk. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day. And then everybody returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. For six days. They couldn't say a word. They couldn't say a word. One of the hardest places in the world to find yourself is in a place of silence. We are used to noise. We're used to things happening quickly in life. So when silence comes, we feel uncomfortable. My wife is the greatest at this. She can't sit at like a Japanese hibachi grill and not say a word to anybody else. She has to strike up conversation because silence for her is just deafening and she can't stand it. So, you know, when, when, when we're at home, we can't just sit there with me and be in silence. She has to talk, 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 and more talking. And that's so like so many of us. We can't take silence at all. However, I've discovered sometimes in life, we have to experience a season of silence before we can experience a season of victory. You have to experience silence before you can experience victory. You may be looking at your brick wall right now, whatever it may be, and all you hear is silence. You can't hear God. You're like, God, where are you? You can't find a way of bringing this brick wall down. And in fact, you are doing all you know, all you think that God wants you to do, but yet you're looking at this brick wall and all you see is nothing at all. For Joshua and his people, they marched around this wall in silence for six days. Six days. They didn't hear God. Didn't say that God spoke to them during those six days. All they had was a a horn, a ram's horn being blown. They knew this was what God wanted them to do. But let's be honest, I wonder how many of them after maybe the second day, 
or maybe the third or the fourth and certainly the sixth, how many of them were saying, this is pointless? Why are we doing this? These walls are never going to come down. How many of them started questioning, where is God in all this? Joshua, did you really hear from God? Because we're looking a little foolish now, walking around a few walls, not saying anything. I wonder how many of them thinking, this is never, ever going to work. We are never going to take Jericho. Let's just go home and let's just stop this foolishness and let's go do something else. However, it is in the silence of life that often God is working. In the silence of life that often God is working. It's in the silence that God is loosening those walls. It's in the silence that God is getting ready for doors to open. It is in the silence that God is preparing you. It is in the silence that God is setting you up for victory in your life. Never let the silence discourage you, for God works in the silence. And if there is a a point in your life right now where you are experiencing the silence, you're not hearing God, you're not seeing things move as you'd want them to move, it feels like brick walls are all around and they're not coming down, don't let that discourage you, because God is working in the silence. Joshua experienced that there would be closed doors in life. Joshua experienced the silence of life. But finally, Joshua experienced a God victory in his life. Not just a victory in his life, but a God victory in his life. Listen to this, Joshua chapter 6, verse 15. It says, on the seventh day... So they marched around the walls for six days in silence. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn like they did every other day. They marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the walls seven times. The seventh time around as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, For the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in a house will be spared for she spies. In verse 18, it says, Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, and iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into God's treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, so on the seventh time around, as the, as the priest blew the horn, the people shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the silence ended. Then it says, suddenly... The walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men, women, young, old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. You know, if Joshua had planned this attack, if Joshua had planned the defeat of Jericho, It would have taken months of planning. It would have taken vast armies. It would have taken great battle strategies. It would have taken skilled individuals, lots of intelligence. 
They, they, they would have had to plan and plan and plan in order to take this great city, to bring down these great walls. But when God comes along, in God's eyes, God always gives you the victory when you start to follow him. When you start to follow God, God gives you victory in life. And your day of victory might begin like any other day. Joshua and the people got up and they started marching around the walls just like they'd done every single other time. In fact, Joshua had them walk around the walls six more times in silence. And I've discovered this in my own life. And it's sometimes really hard to follow through. But this is what I've discovered. Sometimes God requires you to give your greatest effort before he shows up. To give your greatest effort before he shows up. He wants to see how real your faith is. And real faith is this. Real faith is when God has been silent for six days. But you wake up on the seventh day and you decide to go the extra mile. That's real faith. When God has been silent for six days. Maybe God has been silent for six months in your life. Or two years or ten years in your life. God has been silent. Real faith is this. You get up on that seventh day and you're saying, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to walk around these walls a few more times. That is real faith. That is really trusting in On the seventh time that they walk around, God shows up. The walls come down. But look when God shows up. It's not when they walk. It's not when they blow the trumpet. But it's when the people shout unto God in praise. They shout unto God and they declare that God is God and God has got this thing. That's what they do. And as soon as they shout... The walls come crashing down. They publicly declare that God is God. And maybe in your life right now, there's some brick walls right in front of you. And maybe it's time to start shouting in your life that God is God. Start hearing what God is saying and start declaring that God has got this thing. That God has got this thing. Not that, that, that you're just going to try all these different things to bring these walls down. But just stand there and declare that God has got this thing. As soon as the people started shouting in praise to God, those brick walls came crashing down. And that day, the Israelites won the greatest victory of their existence. It was the stuff of legends. Because they shouted in praise to God. They declared who God was. They worshipped God, gave their word unto God. And you may be needing a victory in your life today. Maybe it's a small victory that you need. Maybe it's a large victory. Maybe there's a small brick wall in front of you that is just bothering you. Maybe you've been playing a game of doggo and you just flew and suddenly you hit a brick wall. But maybe there's a brick wall in your life that is so big, it's so large, that it's just a casting a shadow on your life and you can't think of anything else but this brick wall. Whatever your brick wall may be today, know that there is no brick wall that God cannot bring down. There is no, not one brick wall that God cannot bring down. And you being you, human like all of us, you want to run straight through them. You want to bring it down straight away. But if you do that, you're just going to get hurt. You're going to get disappointed. You need to listen to God. Listen to God. Realize that sometimes in life, 
doors will close. Sometimes in life, you'll come face to face with brick walls. But you need to stay faithful. You need to understand it's not what you see, it's what you hear and what you know. You need to stay faithful through the silence. And then let praise unto God be your weapon. Let out a shout of praise declaring that God is God and God has got this thing. As God did for Joshua, he will do for you as well. Joshua declared that the battle is the Lord's. And I want to declare today that the battle for your life is the Lord's. Those brick walls in your life, They've got no chance in the face of Almighty God. Listen to what God is saying. Be still in the silence. And then let out a ginormous, gigantic shout of praise declaring that God is God and he's got this thing. And you watch as those brick walls in your life come tumbling down and you'll see the greatest victories that your life could ever imagine. Why? Because God has got this thing. It's not about what you can do. It's all about what he has already done. Let's bow our heads in prayer.